Podcast. My name is Chris Jeppa. Oh, and I'm Katie Norgren. And, uh, <laughs> and you better introduce our guest. Yeah, today we've got the lovely Noelle. Hooray! Welcome. Hooray! Hello. Hello. All the way from across the water. Oh, yes. She came across from across the sea. The great strait of Georgia. Georgia? <laughs> the Salish Sea, yes. as they call it. How was the crossing? I've heard it was really rough. Yesterday it was sunny and uneventful. I uh, ended up sitting next to these like older couple who were desperate for grandchildren, so they were like all over the baby the whole time. You have a Noelle has a small baby. I have a small baby. She's nine months old. Her name is River. She's the cutest. She there's a picture of her lives on my fridge now at all times. She's painfully cute. Like considering like pimping her out to the modeling industry. (laughs) I mean, like no joke, like. No, it's true. I mean, like, I wonder, I've been, you know, I feel kind of bad about it from a, I don't know, like... Ethical standpoint of some kind? Yeah, but, but maybe we could, like, you know, put a money in a college fund or something. I was a baby model and my what? parents spent the money, so I never got to use it. <gasps> oh Dastardly. my god, your parents Corey Feldman do. Yes, in the 80s, I was in a commercial that aired during the Cosby show. Wow! That's amazing. I could totally see that, though. You got a face that looks like it was a real face when you were a baby. <laughs> yes, everybody is... I feel like... only I only say that because I've seen your baby's face, and her face is so cute and baby-like. Yes, I got the baby face gene. I passed it on to my actual baby, who has quite the baby face herself. Which is a very appropriate age to have a baby face. Um, yeah, it is. So I've been, anyway, I've been, like, wondering the practicalities of, like, how do you make money off of a cute baby? <laughs> that's one way. I don't dear, think it's any, I don't think it's, Siri. <laughs> I don't think it's any less ethical than the, uh, like, monetized mom blog, honestly, like, which I don't necessarily have a problem with anyway, it's just, like, it's exactly the same thing. You're still an advertisement, right? Mm-hmm. I think they actually want twins, because, like, or, like, triplets, ideally, because then, like, when one of them is crying, the other ones are not, hopefully not crying. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. all look exactly the same. So you like, can the swap twins, them out, or... yeah. Well, they must have been doing that on uh, Jane the Virgin, hey, with that little toddler that they had playing Matteo, uh, Jane's little little toddler baby. Um, yeah, he's probably one of three or something. I, I just say I only bring it up because he's the cutest goddamn toddler I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, they, the, the kid's nickname on the show is Mr. Sweetface. Very props. Like, oh, very, like, like an absolute mop of curly black hair and the biggest soulful eyes. It's the cutest little kid. Oh. Babies. Babies. I got the fever. (laughs) The only prescription is some babies. I know. That's Noelle was saying she could make me like a potion of like baby vomit to like really get into the spirit of feeling like a mom. I can save all kinds of fluids and jars for you. you Oh, please don't. (laughs) The worst kind of Howard Hughes. That's vile. God bless though. Oh, it's really funny. It's it's it only the actually the messiest part is eating actual food, like giving her anything is like you have to strip her completely naked afterwards. Like and I'm not even joking, like it gets in her hair, it gets all over the chair. I'm like scraping dried banana off of a chair like three times a day now. She's a silkwood shower after every (laughs) Yeah. I mean that's when I after I eat it I like to strip completely naked. (laughs) (laughs) I just like to start completely naked. (laughs) I just need a light wipe. (laughs) 
you know, <laughs> just a, just a damp cloth I went once and, over. Went and got a hamburger from a What's Up Hot Dog earlier today. Because you like to you like to zag on him. Go to a fucking hot dog restaurant, get a hamburger. <laughs> Actually, I was in an Indian place getting a mango lassi today. And I was just, like, casually looking at their menu, and they had Greek salad on the menu. Like, what kind of asshole goes to an Indian restaurant and orders a Greek salad? I would 100% do that. Really? Well, I love Greek salad. Well, me too, but you're at an Indian restaurant. I know, but I'm also eating, like, a pool of ghee if I'm at an Indian restaurant. Yeah, so I'm thinking, okay. like, what kind of vegetables can I sneak you in? Gotta, sure. You gotta cut through with some acidity. Yeah, I can't just, like, can you just bring me a lassie, but instead of a lassie, it's just, like, ghee. palak. <laughs> It's just spinach. Just a a glass of liquefied spinach, please, and Mm. just like one toasted paneer on top. Mm. I'll go with the Greek salad, thank you. But that is very arrogant. It's okay. I mean, this is what Vancouver. If, what if it's a, yeah, it's a multiculturalist fusion, yeah. right? <laughs> is that what fusion is? That's not what comes to mind. A grilled cheese sandwich with butter chicken. I'd eat that. That's like a pregnancy food oh or a stoner God. food, depending on how you feel. It, about it's any pretty time. similar, maybe. Like. Very little difference between the two. I yeah. feel like when you become pregnant, you're ox- you're actually kind of stoned. Like, you're, my, your brain, the baby brain is real. Like, I literally was unsafe driving around the city, and not because I was, like, pregnant or, like, it was just my brain was not functioning properly, like... I just got an amazing business idea, you guys, that I just want to propose to you right now. Okay. Like, it's like a big brothers, big sisters network, only you're pairing pregnant women and stoners together. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> you, So you can, like, watch the... You can watch cartoons together and cry and eat, like, Doritos dipped in ice cream or something, like... I just like, yeah, I I don't know where the money comes from. Uh, I don't know. Step one, connect (laughs) pregnant women and stoners. I don't know if we could somehow tap into the multi-bajillion dollar market that is buying things for babies. Right. Like, not even me, but just people. Like, people here, you have a baby. They're like, you have a baby? And then dresses start to arrive in the mail. Like, I'm not even joking. I am still receiving ridiculous baby dresses in the mail nine months in. From people you don't even know. On a monthly basis. (laughs) From, like, just obscure relatives that I haven't spoken to in years. Yours is also the first grandchild out of the bunch of both of your families, right? Yes. So it's like that baby is really getting a lot of love from the aunties and uncles and grandparents. Yes, and the first girl on the other side, which is... For in, in like a two generations or something That's like that. That's amazing. So everyone's like, oh my god, I had all this pink frilly shit just sitting in the closet that I need to share. Oh my god, the other day I received like a Jackie O pink juicy baby dress with a pair of like pink diaper cover with a with sparkly juicy written on the bum. No! Adrian's like, she's never wearing this. We're not putting her on it and taking a photo. We're not, like, it's not going to go in her closet. Like, it's just going to go in the garbage. <laughs> I don't even want to donate it because I don't want to subject some poor child to, like... <laughs> That's... Yeah, I mean, it's probably pretty juicy. It's... <laughs> if, it's if, if the juice... If by juicy, you mean full of pee. Yeah, I mean, like... Ew. Yeah, it, there's nothing... Anyway, I mean... That's... Oh, God. It's just like there's no... Okay, maybe... I don't know. Maybe a subsidiary of my company that isn't going to make any money that might make some money is just someone to stand there, like, at a pitch meeting for baby products and be like, that's a horrible idea! (laughs) Don't even get me started on... Please don't do that! Don't even get me started on toys. Like, (laughs) it's like people who design children's toys have never had children themselves. Oh, yeah, it's like, this screams! Not only have they never had children themselves, but they've never been parents. Because, like, when you're a parent and you have to listen to the same stupid song that comes out of an electronic baby toy like 50,000 times (laughs) like they should be 
like having little USB ports so that you can put your own music in these things. So at Ooh. least it doesn't play some piece of crap. Yeah, anyway. This, is, this sounds very personal, Noel. I'm pretty upset about it. <laughs> what little barnyard song has got your knickers in a Oh my god, there. there's this one toy that my mom bought. It lives at grandma's house, thank god. <laughs> but it's like a little, like, I can't even describe, like, sort of like a little troll doll or something. And he, like, dances, she dances side to side. And when you say something, it, like, samples your voice and then warps <gasps> it and then puts it back, spits no. it back out, you know, as part of a techno song. Thank as you. part of a bad techno song so it's like <laughs> and it's like it's going see the colors on the screen and there's like the colors and it's it's counting and like telling you about barnyard sounds oh in my a God. techno song narrow it down toy there's too much going on there yeah that seems like a lot that's like the rocky road of like baby toys oh my god I'm gonna get if I ever have a baby I'm gonna get them one toy and one toy only and it's gonna be one of those things that you put in a car dealership that blows up the thing with the arms and it just just wiggles. <laughs> and that's the only thing my child will be, be so white loud. wooden cube in the middle of a room. Because <laughs> I'm a metal, minimalist Swedish parent. Yes, yes. Absolutely. The monolith. But the cube actually turns out to be that thing from Hellraiser, and then you're in a lot of trouble with this with CPS. Oh, God. Yes, the possessed doll. We have a little, uh, also courtesy of Grandma, we have a... A haunted doll. A a teddy bear that has a diaper on it, and it crawls, and it implores you to follow it, and it's going, I'm a talking bear! Follow me! And then it, like, crawls away. I'm not even exaggerating. That's exactly what it sounds like. Your mother sucks cocks in hell! (laughs) No, seriously. And then it has buttons on its bum, like, on its diaper bum. And it'll crawl past you, and it'll be like, touch my my yellow button. And it's, it's like, so... Molesty, no. I can't even. Oh my god! Begin. Okay, I'm gonna pitch myself as a as oh a product oversight consultant. I believe is the name I have to have. Yeah, for this. someone just to like, stand in a room and go, like, "This well, is a terrible geez, idea." James, that you know, it's fascinating that you came up with that all by yourself, but that's fucking insane. And we can never <laughs> put that into the market because people will kill themselves if they see this. Honestly, it sounds possessed. And also, what's even more infuriating about it is that it stops crawling after it tells you to follow it. It's like follow me and then it just stops but yeah, you stop behind it and then it just sort of gets dark and cold <laughs> while you're standing. you feel like a chill on the back of your neck and then and the then teddy just... bear's head just turns around all the way 360 degrees you shouldn't have followed me <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah Carl let's not fucking make this toy because that's really scary you know, we have a swear jar at our house now, and it even in this room with the three of us at the podcast, and I can swear all I want, it's like it feels badass to say fuck now. Wow, you've changed. It's it's only been like two weeks of the swear jar, and it's like, it's reprogramming my brain. Are you just that. worried about River, like, picking up your speech No, it's like, like my, you know, I've been working so hard on, like, correcting myself when I just casually use swear words all the time. And I didn't realize that that was wrong. Well, it is if you have a child learning to speak that you don't I mean I don't care if my kid says fuck but I do if she goes to like her friend's house and says like fuck you to like her you know someone else that doesn't have a sense of humor I feel like my parents swore a lot when I was a kid but like but they cre no it wasn't even them it was just something else that made me think swearing was bad so I just got mad at them when they swore so I never started swearing you little narc like, I'm a total narc are you kidding me like I'm a you shouldn't say that bad word that's a bad word well, my mom liked to swear drink and smoke so I had a lot of stuff to say I do to all her. those things it's cool <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. I remember, yeah, she, uh, yeah, I'd just be like, <gasps> if they would say uh, the F, the fuck word, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Hilarious. I like how, uh, we were, speaking of not swearing, Katie and I were on the radio. Oh, God. Uh, fruit salad and, uh. It was on co-op radio, and the host was just like, hey, so you can't swear because it's, you know, co-op radio, so I'm complain. <laughs> They'll fine us $20,000 if you swear, so you can't say fuck Live, or shit. Live? Or can they, Live. Like, oh. And so Katie says both of those words. I so. said both fuck and shit, listener. <laughs> so do they, like, automatically get fined? Or? No. Apparently that's not quite true. And it's also $20,000. <laughs> no. That's, like, how it's their operating budget for the year. Yeah, exactly. So that was sort of a lie. I think right. it's only if anyone complains, so hopefully nobody Those listens to it. It's gonna liars. <laughs> it's gonna get released in podcast form and then you can <laughs> complain then. No wait, no. Yeah, yeah. Well not my finest moment, unfortunately. That's but it's, funny. it's like if she hadn't told me not to do it, I probably wouldn't have done it. But it's all her fault. Well that's yeah. kind of There's no know, place in my life I'm not allowed don't to swear. Think about the giant pink elephant. Yeah. You there's know? there's nowhere in my life I'm not allowed to swear where it's not okay. Like I do it at work, I do it. And that's in good. the shower. I, I do it on swearing. the bus. Swearing's amazing. It feels great. So it we makes have me feel cool. The best part about the swear jar, which we haven't really decided about yet, but so we have these like the two jars, the you know what we've spent and what's in the bank, and it's <laughs> they're beans, like two different color beans, because oh. we share money now that we have a child. It's kind of ridiculous, like having separate finances, <laughs> and so you know the swear jar doesn't really mean anything because like the money is like the house money, and so we we decided that the beans would be spent as like relationship currency, you know, like. Social like, capital, if you will. I don't know, like, you know, you pull the night shift with the baby and I'm going to sleep until noon, or, like, seven blowjobs. <laughs> I don't know, I'm, try- I'm just thinking... Seven blowjobs! Seven and one blow! <laughs> <laughs> Such a specific amount of blowjobs. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> one blowjob a week. Well, that would, you know, maybe seven is, like, the deal. Like, you know, you pay yeah. for ten, but... Or, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, like, it's a Groupon. <laughs> so that's what it's a blowjob Groupon. You pay for ten, but you won't get seven. I feel like Dave Shumka <laughs> is going to serve us for biting his bit because he does those relationship coupons every <laughs> Valentine's Day and Christmas. Yes. So oh if you have any God. ideas about what you would trade for beans in your relationship. Ten blowjobs so for the like, price of seven. So like your beans are one color and his beans are another yes. color and then you see who swore more in the last little while. Well, or? and then eventually when the jar gets full enough, we can like buy things from each other. Like, you know, I'll give you... 20 beans yeah, for, barter like, currency. <laughs> 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 yeah, something like that. That's so romantic. I'm just picturing it as, like, a, like a, like a, like a hide-the-shell game. <laughs> well, it doesn't really, it doesn't really work in the bedroom, either, because, <laughs> it's like, hey, could you, uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, where the beans? <laughs> you just, like, hear the clattering of 20 So, baby, beans. what do you want to do? I don't know how many beads you got. <laughs> I got 69 beans. <laughs> I have 420 beans. Uh, <laughs> the only numbers that exist. parenting done correctly. That's really amazing. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Well, I'm laughing. I'm just yeah. laughing. Anyway, so, like, it's it's led to many amusing exchanges, such as, oh, fuck, oh, you said fuck, well, that's a bean, too. Fuck <laughs> you! And, like... <laughs> just throwing beans into the jar. <laughs> You guys are going to have one of those, like, sexy fights where you just start, like, throwing beans at each other. And you're, like, gently, pl- like, putting beans into each other's mouths. You're, like, these aren't cooked. Like, I know. You're spitting them. Oh, the visual. 
Visual medium. Theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. Listener, everyone. you can imagine. Let me just wipe away my single tear. I have to narrate because we're on the radio. <laughs> yes, we're definitely on the radio. Mm-hmm. Coming at you live. <laughs> it's content on demand, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> oh, it's nice to not be on actually live now. Yeah, because <laughs> then I can say fucking shit as much as I want, mm-hmm. and I could take we could take that out, and then no one would even know. Yeah, if I just said fucking. We shit. code this is explicit, so you got to know that there's going to be this. If you have the explicit e, you have to say a certain amount of swears. You got to in say order f- to earn that. Badge. You got to say you got to say heck a few times for sure. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I don't know, I feel like if you're browsing around the internet and you press play on anything, even if it doesn't have explicit on it, and you hear some fuck words, it's your own fault. You're on the internet. You, you like, need to be you're prepared the to see the internet. dicks flying at you at yes, the speed right? of light, pretty much, yeah. I mean, if you don't want to, if you shouldn't be looking at those things... <laughs> That's then... the sound of them, like, just gently thwacking your face as they wing on past. Do the dicks have wings? Like right above the balls, like yes. the top bit, and they just like flying toasters from one, yes. Microsoft Word. Yes, I would think that the balls yes. would deploy as a parachute. Yes, if they ever fell out of the sky. Yes, and yes, you're both right. <laughs> I want you to know. Uh, and the dicks with wings, a hundred percent, is in Roman art it, from an old like bathhouse or a, really? or a brothel or something. Like, flying dicks, one thousand percent. I'm gonna look up flying. Do dicks they have and... faces or like? Oh no, no, they're just they're just flying dicks. Like like it's just a fertility symbol <laughs> or. It's Hilarious. Write down flying dicks in your notebook. Now you're making me think of flying toasters and how there were several different versions of the flying toasters screensaver from the early Microsoft Suites. Are you, this is not familiar to you? Um, Microsoft Suites from the early 90s, yes. Yeah, so there was the, the flying toasters and there was a song that went along with it and oh, it was no. like do 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 this is unfamiliar to yes, me. Oh yeah, no, there was, and there was, there was, uh, someone made one that had uh, lyrics that would scroll across the bottom because it was a MIDI file. You couldn't actually have the lyrics, uh, and someone made a baby version of the flying toaster. So they were like little, so it was like the sound of like a toy piano and like a like a mobile going, kind of like the you know like a creepy this, baby. I was gonna say this sounds um, like the song that that creepy fucking possessed teddy bear sings. Yeah, basically, <laughs> but. It, but as a kid, like, I'm just trying to speak to my own weird emotional reactions to things that don't make sense. As I saw these baby toasters and I just thought to myself, like, I'm nine or ten. I'm like, oh my god, they're babies. They're so vulnerable. <laughs> I have to protect them. I think I cried over the screensaver. Oh my god. <laughs> if anyone ever doubted that I was a fucking Hufflepuff. So you got bullied as a kid, you said? I don't bite in Yeah. Bullied. Just <laughs> sorry. Hufflepuff, so really? I took that online Extreme test recently. Hufflepuff. I was surprised with the results. What did you get? Ravenclaw. I would a hundred percent guess that. Really? Yeah, I was. I was going to say you were definitely a Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Research, really? lots of like overanalyzing that. Kind lots of overanalyzing, <laughs> you know, so, like it's, working it solid that we've in a solitary way. Quite a long time, Christina. <laughs> We've been friends for 12 or 13 years, 14 years. Yeah, That's about great. a year longer than we've been friends. Exactly. So. so you wouldn't have to battle after, just for the record, for Christina's love? No, we can all be friends together. Nope, it's a competition. No. No, you're right, it's not. <laughs> it's I'm not friendship. a competitive person. I'm, now I'm just looking up flying dicks. Flying dicks art. <laughs> no, uh, not ducks. God damn it. <laughs> Why would it ever they be? All, they all do that. Like, that's not impressive. How silly are you, Google? <laughs> Flying Dicks Roman. Oh, man. This room is so, like, resplendent. 
Everybody's that's so great. There's every single episode someone says that. It would be so funny if the room actually was not impressive looking. It was just like a shithole and we just got everyone There's to say like that a at a random of point. Paper, like sellotape to the wall, like just, say room is beautiful. It's like, and it's slowly peeling off from like the humidity in here. And there's like a, a dank bucket that water is just dripping into. Now now you're just describing my dad's house that I went to on Tuesday. Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah, we have to get to we will okay. get to that. We but do like the portion. Here, here are the flying dicks that I wanted to tell you about. There's some there's Aww. some they put smiley faces over the heads of the dicks? Oh there we go. There they're we go. like they're them dicks at yeah that's they, exactly what I pictured. Yeah. They look feathery. they look kinda like Canada geese. Yeah, and they're just as mean. <laughs> They'll pick your like, eyes out. They'll that was pecker like... your eyes out. <laughs> oh, God. God, Katie. Why don't we uh, check in on the week, then? Since it's considerably less silly than what we've already started talking about. I don't know. Getting giggly is much more fun than... Like... Do you, do you want to do the stuff we wanted to talk about? Yeah, we'll do it a little bit. Okay. I don't know. Chris, um, how was your week? Well, yes. it was kind of fucked. Yeah, it was a bit <laughs> fucked up. Uh, so it was my dad's funeral yesterday. Yes, it was. Um, and then on the week before, I got to go to his house and like go through some things, and it was kind of intense. But uh, I haven't actually talked about it really on the podcast, so I was gonna like go back a little bit. We've just like mentioned it a couple times. Mm-hmm. But do you mind if I like go through some of my like notes? notes? Yeah, yeah, by all means. Um, I mean, this is your house. I was actually <laughs> wondering that internally, like, how much have they talked about this? On yeah, the not really, because I wanted some distance and I wanted to be able to sort of reflect and not just talk about it like while I was like in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though things are still pretty fresh, I, I, like, yeah. I feel like I can kind of like reflect. It's just honest, I think, to just make some points and stuff mm-hmm. about how you're doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Basically, my dad and I had a really hard relationship. Like my mom and him split up when. I was, like, six or something, and we moved to the Sunshine Coast, and he was pretty, like, scary and, like, volatile and, like, unpredictable and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, and I've had lots of discussions with my mom about how, like, he wasn't actually really, like, violent or anything, but just, like, super emotionally, like, you know, breaking you down and stuff like that, which is not great, and he Mm -hmm. would, like, show up weird places and just be really, like, unexpected, and that was the main thing that was, like, the hardest part to have as a kid is, like, a dad that was just, like, you could not predict, Mm -hmm. like, what was up, and one day... You would just be like, he'd be like, oh, I love you so much. And then the next day it would be like, why aren't you? You're stupid. You shouldn't be doing blah, blah, blah. So it was just like super unpredictable. So basically about like eight or nine years ago, like after multiple attempts to sort of re, like, I don't know, give him more chances to like reconnect and have a good relationship. I basically had to like boundary him mm-hmm. and like, just be like, you can't show up to my gigs. You can't show up to my house. Like I had to move a bunch of times. I like disconnected my phone. Like, yeah. I remember Basically. when that was all going down, you were, like, informing your work. If he comes in, don't acknowledge that I even work here. Yeah, because and... people, like, at different jobs, this is a hot tip for anybody. If someone comes into a workplace and talks about a coworker and says, oh, I'm her dad, and I just want to know what days she works, like, if they have a good relationship, he'll probably already know that information. Yeah, that seems <laughs> but if he very... doesn't, if he doesn't know that information, maybe don't, like, share that freely. So that was happening to me at a lot of jobs. Ugh. Yeah, you know. but anyone who has never had a less than rosy relationship with a parent doesn't really understand that Mm -hmm. like that's not the conclusion that they come from in the beginning they think oh a person's nice father was here i gave them some information they don't Mm -hmm. think hey there might be like this enormous sinister underbelly to what's going on Mm -hmm. anyway yeah i must only be thinking with my current life and not you know what i was when i was 20 and didn't think about these things exactly so it's something that i have to like be very like clear about with folks and so like and over like many years like i was always getting messages from people like well-meaning people that my dad would just be very charming to and be like oh my daughter and i just miss her so much and 
I wish we could reconnect, blah, blah, blah. And so people would find me on Facebook and like send me messages like, he just misses you so much and he's so upset. And it would really mean a lot to him if he called. And I had to just be like, guys, like there's a reason. Like no person doesn't want a good relationship with their parents. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's kind yeah. of a, I don't think you would choose. It's not someone's like own selfishness that's mm-hmm. keeping them away from spending time. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, they've already tried that and it's depleting and exhausting. Exactly. So basically I hadn't heard from him for a really long time. He like stopped showing up to things and it was pretty chill. And then I got a call from the government, the public guardian and trustee being Hello, like... this is the government. Yeah, Norma from the government. <laughs> Norma from the government. We got your dad here. Yeah, so he was in the hospital, and he had basically fallen and then, like... Couldn't get up. Couldn't get up. And <laughs> so they took him to Sorry. hospital. That's <laughs> okay. He did person. not have a medical alert bracelet. Well, that like was a, his mistake, I guess. I guess. And so they basically were saying, like, you know because you haven't seen him in over a year, like, you can't make any medical decisions for him, but I wanted to consult you to let you know that, like, we're ta- going to take him off antibiotics. Because mm. whatever antibiotics for this, like, blood infection that he has is, like, not working anymore, so we're going to, like, move him to palliative care. Is that okay with you? Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Which is pretty intense. Yeah, that's um, big. But, like, I don't know. They said that he also had, like, prostate cancer, and he was getting treated for that for a really long time, and the medication wasn't working. So, yeah, basically he was moving into palliative care, and I was like, okay, well, um, like, make sure he's, like, super Roman Catholic, so make sure that you get a priest in there for him while he's still, like, conscious enough to know that's happening, and, like, make him really, really comfortable, like, you know, even though... We didn't have a great relationship. I didn't want to be, like, no. mean-spirited. Just get him up <laughs> to like, his back teeth and some tasty, tasty drugs. Give him as much morphine as you possibly can. Make sure he's, like, super comfy. Are there laws against that? I've always wondered this. What, what like, over-morphining someone? Yeah, like, or? when I get super sick in my old age, can I just, like, put, take the nurse aside and be, like... Just okay, overdose just, you, basically? Just keep me going. Just keep me going. That's you just, know? that's what palliative care is, yeah. pretty really? much, is yeah. they just pump you full of mm-hmm. that stuff, and you are just floating. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Pretty much. Like, I mean, they, unfo- yeah, it's it's kind of dark and there's weird, but, they, they, that, though. but yeah. there is, like, yeah, there's, there are actually things They're stingy things about to, the drugs in other Yeah, when contexts. you're in palliative, they're just like, hey, baby, it's your Whatever day. You want. Like, Great. anything you want. You want some nachos, sweetie? <laughs> you want... I'll take some nachos and an ampule of Dilaudid, please. <laughs> yeah, I'll, give me like give me some Dilaudid and some Cool Ranch Dorit, <laughs> and I'll also yeah bring me a blunt that Rihanna rolled for me. <laughs> I'd be like, we, I will be done. So you're saying your make a wish is get a joint from Rihanna, basically. <laughs> nice. Like, yep. I like it. Even though, even though she's 102 as well, I still want to join She-Roll. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, so that was good. And, yeah. like, I really was trying to approach the whole thing, trying to be, like, a kind-hearted person. Of and just, you like, did. Not, you were. Not, like, trying to hold a grudge or, like, take out any bad feelings. Just, yep. like, you know. No one who's ever had an abusive childhood has fantasized about this moment. Well, yeah. And I think you made the right decision. Well, I definitely fantasized about going to visit him. Taking some, like, fentanyl-cut heroin that I bought off of a person down the street and, like, injecting it into his, like, morphine thing and overdosing him. Whoa. But then I was just like, the real measure of my character is that I didn't do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> it would have been pretty easy to do. <laughs> they really? just let me into the hospital. You're, like, just, the like, sort of person yeah. who can get a hold of some fentanyl-based oh, yeah. heroin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. It's not, not exactly regulated. <laughs> But I know, like, but like, okay. Just, let's you just, just go up to someone you know is selling drugs and be like, hello, I would like to buy some drugs. Right? I mean, 
I do have to tell you if I'm a cop, but I'm not, so... I mean, hey-o. I enjoy my drugs, and I don't know the first thing about... I'd be, like, waltzing up into an alley and be like, Hello, good sir. Can I please have some drugs? <laughs> I would like one drug, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyway, I like to think that it's like, you know, we all, so I always used to think that I was like such a bad person because I would have thoughts like that, you know? Yeah. But it's like, I never acted on any of them. So therefore, like, that's the real measure, I think, of one's character. Oh my God. Dark thoughts are what sustain us sometimes. Like, yeah. But I knew you would never do something super dark. So anyway, it was like pretty good. And I went to visit him in hospice and he wasn't really like alert. So he didn't really know that I was there. And mm-hmm. I kind of was just like, can he talk? And they're like, no, I'm like, okay, I'll visit him. <laughs> Cause I really didn't want our last interaction to be him. Like to be a fight, saying something rude or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then you have to think about that for the rest exactly. of your life. So I just saw him being like a peaceful old man basically, which was yeah. fine. Um, and I found out like all the stuff around like his community mental health worker, which I didn't know he had. Mm-hmm. And they diagnosed him with schizophrenia which is, like, quite the, uh, it's like, okay, yeah, we were trying to get him, like, mental health support, like, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and nobody would help, and now he's finally got some support, so that was really good to mm-hmm. know that he was, like, being well taken care of. Good closure for you, It too. was. And then I talked to his doctor, who delivered me, and, like, has known my dad since he's been in Canada, and I was like, why didn't anyone contact me, like, a year ago when he, like, got really sick yeah, and they connected him to mental health support? The government, like, the public guardian person had to, like, look me up in some directory, like, they back did like my driver's license or something back traced you yeah back traced your ip went in the back door (laughs) they They hacked you they doxed me hacked your planet (laughs) the government doxed me (laughs) you got doxed by the govs um but but the the doctor guy was like you know if you had seen him a year ago he was really volatile like it would have been pretty bad so so he says like the doctor said to me like it's good you know that you didn't see him so that gave me some nice closure he let me know my dad wasn't really going to church at all Really, so he had no, like, home church community, so he's like, don't worry about trying to plan, like, a mm. Catholic service or anything like that, mm-hmm. so that was relieving. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically, like, got sucked into making funeral arrangements, even though I didn't really want to, but it turned yeah. out pretty okay. Yeah. Did you actually have to go to a funeral home? Yes. Yeah. Did you, like, put him in a casket and everything? No, so that was the... the <laughs> Not you, <laughs> personally, but... It was honestly know. a little bit funny. <laughs> okay, we'll get to the... Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I no, was my there. experience at the funeral home was a little bit funny, too, which is why I'm asking. Okay, it, so, There's always a funny bit that happens, which is kind of So, nice. like, I went to the funeral home first, like, while he was still alive to, like, make the arrangements, and then I had to figure out what the government would pay for or what would, like, come out of his estate or whatever. And they were like, you know, do you want cremation or burial? And I wasn't really sure, but it's like there was no Catholic sort of cemetery that he was really a part of kind mm-hmm. of thing. So we decided to go for cremation. Burial the, is very expensive. Very expensive. And then mm. when the government kind of took it over, they were like... We pay for cremation. We pay for cremation. We don't really do anything else. And my dad didn't have a will. So the government was kind of just taking care of all of right. that stuff. Um, yeah. So I found out about like all this other stuff. Um, I'm not going to read all of these notes basically, but like my dad was basically like pretty mentally ill for like a lot of times was like stalking people. He has like a lot of court records, like, so it's kind of this like weird sort of like, oh, other people experience this too. So it wasn't just me. Mm-hmm. That's good to. That's cool on like a, I enjoy procedural dramas basis <laughs> where you get to like go into a dusty basement and like look at a series of interesting documents mm-hmm. about psychiatric incidents. Fucking I mean, that's like a horror movie in the making. That yeah. really resonates with me too. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, getting those, those peaks behind the curtain. Yeah. Interesting. Is, is, is weird, brings up feelings, but there's also a bit of satisfaction there. Mm-hmm. Totally. 
Yeah, and, like, my mom and I basically, like, went out to Maple Ridge to go see the house that we used to live in, and it was all, like, overgrown and dilapidated and shit. I saw it yesterday. It was very creepy. Yeah. Honestly, it it was... children's fairy tale where there's, like, a... No, No, it it was, was like, Detroit. Detroit. Oh, okay. Just lots of like no a, more, it was like a no wet more. Detroit. Just like husks of like old rusty cars and but stuff. But there was like... beautiful houses nearby. Like yeah. it, it was yeah. just kind of like oh, he yeah. was that house on the street exactly. Yeah. And uh, but my mom and I got to reminisce a bunch about like growing up. And he was like the stay-at-home dad. And she went back to work after two months after having me. If you can believe that, what? Noel, like your baby's nine months old, like. Could you imagine, like, immediately leaving her with your partner and, like, going to work every day leaving and, like... with your crazy partner. Yeah, who, like, he seemed to not really deal with the stress well, like, looking after an infant and, like... Yeah, well, I mean, mm-hmm. that's definitely stressful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, anyway, it was just, like, an interesting thing to look at, like, it wasn't, you know, my childhood wasn't sort of as bad as I thought, but it, there was also a lot of, like... It brought up some things around, like, oh, it seemed like my dad didn't really even ever want me around, even though he, like, laid on the guilt really thick when I wasn't there, but as soon as I would go to visit, like, he would just be, oh, I'm too exhausted, and, like, go, like, hide in the dark in the basement, basically, and I'd just mm. be left to my own devices kind of thing, okay. so it's, like, well, not super fun. I mean... hmm Unpredictable and kind of inconsistent and... Yeah, yeah, but also, like, I've done some research into this in relation to my own past, and I think people who have narcissistic tendencies Mm -hmm. tend to value their relationships from a standpoint of outside looking in. Mm -hmm. You know, like, my daughter's visiting me this weekend. Not like, we're going to do all these cool things together, you know? But something that he would then recount, like, oh, my daughter visited me. She was so happy to be here. So it's less important about what you actually do and more Mm -hmm. important that he has his daughter with him. The something day. that reinforces yeah. his own narrative. Of his exactly. Life. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. His doctor said, I don't know if that's actually that accurate because he just has had this personality all the time, so that's just how he is, which isn't, like, super helpful, doctor. Right. And then, like, we could, you know, my mom and I were talking about borderline personality yeah. disorder. Uh-huh. Like, there's a few things, but, we, you know, I have friends that, that have that as well. And they manage it very They manage it very well, yeah. so it's just, like, that's no excuse of, like, being a total... No. You know, yeah. you can't let things go totally unchecked and there's, not work on things. There's um, something, to, like, the when you get reasons that aren't excuses, it's mm-hmm. it's something, but it's just not enough. Yeah. So it, it's it's kind of like a, it's well, like an amuse-bouche of I the think, emotions. I <laughs> yeah. mean... Leaves you hungry. Anyone who has ever experienced mental illness and is actually more or less sane will tell you that they would not like to be defined by those things. Exactly. And therefore, it isn't an excuse, unless you'd like to use it that way. It's you just know? a part of your bigger picture. Yeah, it is yeah. part of the bigger fi- p- bigger picture, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, anyway, it was just pretty weird to, like, get contacted by the government, and then it started getting, like, oh, okay, do you want to manage his estate? What's going to happen? Do you want to be the executor of the will? He didn't actually leave a <laughs> yeah, will. Yeah, I do. Well, so I asked around, and to, like, administer the estate is, like, years of work and just, like, really complicated stuff. Oh, you and, can't, like, like, hire someone to do that for you? Probably you could. have power of attorney? Probably could, but the easiest thing to do is having the government sort of just take care of it. So the they, government takes care of it? Yeah, so the public guardian and trustee, if you don't have a will... So this is a hot tip to everyone, like, make a will. Make a will! Fucking make yeah. a will, because I got so stressed out about not knowing what his, like, actual wishes would be yeah. until I finally just had to be like, you know, we'll never know, and he actually has no say anymore. Like, yeah. I just have to do whatever. Yeah. 
But that felt not great. So, like, leave a will so that people actually know what to do and you don't make yeah. your loved ones yep. feel guilty I and shitty. I have a baby now, so I should probably do that. Oh, you should most certainly make a will. I'm yeah. honestly, yeah, I'm really, I really want, I want a living will yeah. in a big way because I know that my, I, I love my partner. She will do anything to keep me alive if anything happens to me. And, and if, you like, do not want that. If, like, my, if, if, like yeah. my head gets crushed by a garbage truck or something like that, I don't want to be, you know, oh, yeah. tooting around. Adrian on a... and I have a suicide pact, like, not like a real suicide <laughs> pact, but like, you know, let's not have heroics kind of. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah. And this yeah. is like Put a dark thing. That misery I really do like it's something I can't really talk about with my wife because it's just it's too upsetting for her. She's been through a lot in her life and she's lost people very traumatically. And so I get it. Like, I yeah. understand it. But it's something that I'm like, I better write this down somewhere so that, like, my wishes are actually, like, uh-huh. at the fore. Um, and, uh, but I tell you, you know, my parents are so open about this kind of thing. Both of them are still alive and in very good health, but they're, um, Real, real goth when it comes to death, honestly. Like, they, they've, they've, I, I tried to write a stand-up joke about it, but it just won't coalesce in a way that isn't creepy. Mm. Uh, about how my parents are like, if, if things start going south for us, you know, in, in terms of our mental faculties, our ability to take care of ourselves, and our ability to enjoy our lives, we want you to straight up murder us. <laughs> That's an crazy thing to ask of your children. Yeah. That's what I said, right? So I'm just like, please put that into your will that you want euthanasia or whatever so that I don't have to straight up, like, push you guys off a cliff <laughs> or something. You know, I once had a roommate in university who was a nurse, and her mother was a nurse too, and they had a suicide pact, and it involved a vodka injection, which apparently is huh. really difficult to detect because you just have a really high blood alcohol level and, like, if you're already in the hospital, you probably have a s- series of injection marks anyway. Mm. Um, now, I mean, I don't know en- enough about science to actually do this, but um, there you go. I learned a thing from, like, crime procedural shows, speaking insulin. of. Insulin. Yeah, you just, like, insulin. get a, you get a big shot of that insulin. That was a hot like, tip we had on the podcast a couple weeks ago, I oh, think. Yeah. It came up, and I, so that's why I was thinking about it. I was thinking, thinking dark it, yeah. thoughts about that time, I think. <laughs> dark thoughts about that time. But, uh, but yeah, so if dark, you just, like, you, you just, like, shoot someone full of insulin, you go into basically a diabetic coma and can die. Like, that's a reason what does why. What feel like? Apparently just. Who, who knows? I think you just kind of, like, pass out. Like, you go into sort of a coma. So yeah. it seems pretty peaceful, and then it just, like, dissipates in your body. They can't detect that you've I, had a... I have to imagine, like, it, it probably... I don't know, because nobody's ever, like, died and been alive again to tell us, but I have to imagine it's quite a little bit... Quite a little bit. You can go a into bit. a diabetic shock or whatever and mm-hmm. be resuscitated. Okay, but I haven't done it. Oh, yes, okay. The only thing I've ever done is either passed out from drinking or weed, or um, been passed put under... Passed out from weed? Fall asleep. Edibles. Oh, okay. Like, taking oh, edibles. Like, yes. it's, it's something you choose to say do. You're no like, more, say no more. You're like, oh, can't keep these eyes open anymore. Love all you. I'll see you on the other side. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is me 100%. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember what we were talking about. You're talking about weed. Insulin, <laughs> Going into some kind of coma. Right, okay. The only time like... I've ever been put under. Uh, was to get my wisdom teeth out, and oh. I know that they don't, they don't do that for everybody. A lot of people get twilight sleep Lucky. or whatever. But I, I I was like I don't want to be awake for it at all. And they're like, oh, your insurance pays for everything except the uh, except for general anesthesia, and that's an extra two hundred bucks. And my dad was like, I'll pay it. I'm like knock my shit out, please, Doctor Bahi. Nice. That was his name, <laughs> and his. Well, the reason I asked for it is because his hands were the size of baseball mitts. Oh yeah. Oh, I woke up and I had like these deep cracks in the side of my tiny little mouth because he. But you know what? He popped them all out, didn't break a single one, and they were all like still under my gums. So, but when but but when I went under, <laughs> I was like, I was like, there's no way this is gonna work. <laughs> like, 
like count backwards from ten. I was like, whatever, ten, nine. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, there's no way this is gonna work. Well, I was just like, won't. there's no way. Like, like I'm very strong and large. Like, I'm sure this will not function oh, the way you want it to. And oh. then, like by eight, I was out like a light. Uh-huh. Oh, and then yeah. I was awake, and I had a mouthful of tampons. And I was talking to the nurse, like, I love you. <laughs> I love great. you. And I want to send you a hundred thank you cards. Please write your address and put it into my pocket. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> wow. And I ended up sending her a thank you card saying, thank you for patting my hair while I was you know, unconscious. <laughs> I, I had several hospital stays last year, and the nurses, man, they're like superheroes. I and love they, nurses. It's a thankless job. Like, mm-hmm. I went to St. Paul's and had emergency surgery when I was pregnant, and, like, that's just where they brought me. Don't even ask how I got to St. Paul's, but that's it's crazy there. There are yeah. people, like, running in the hallways, getting restrained by security and yelling out crazy stuff. There was a woman tied to the bed in the next stall to me going, release me. <gasps> like, making creepy sounds. And, like, you know, and I'm... <laughs> Some exorcist bullshit. Dude, and... She was not wearing pants at all. And she said, Hi, everybody. What's up? My name is Rose Petal, and I'm the underdog. Wow. <laughs> like, no pants, like, like vag all the I way? Have no, I didn't get clarification. I assume underwear. Wow. And just like, I'm the underdog. <laughs> like, yes, you are, sweetheart. Wow. And we're all rooting for you. I hope she got just, home safe. Like, so do I. Like, I, I throw a kiss up to the heavens for that because... <laughs> I just, I love a wild woman. I love a woman that's just wildcatting, you know? Damn. So that's it. Release me. Yeah. And anyway, those poor nurses just like, you know, and they're, they're, they're trying to be nice. Earth. And like, it, anyway, they're complete <laughs> angels. Not to mention like the horrific crap that they have to deal with on a basic, like gore and like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, shit, I mean, but they, they anesthetized you like pretty good, I guess. You had to go oh, under the you know, sweet, sweet morphine. Every time I go to the hospital for some sort of like emergency, I'm I. If you guys don't know anything about me, you people <laughs> Which on the internet likely don't. Yeah. Uh, a lot of weird things have happened to me from a medical standpoint. <laughs> weird things that you've never heard of until it happens to you, and then you hear about it. <laughs> so, like the first time that I had to go to the hospital, and then I ended up with random surgery was. Well, the second time, because the first time was when I was three. But anyway, I got a an infection, like a oh, mosquito yeah, bite, and then that. it turned into like f- basically flesh eating disease, oh and my I had God. to go to the emergency yeah, room. Yeah, you the MRSI I, or whatever. Yeah, MRSA. MRSA. Yeah. So anyway, like I don't know how you get random MRSA, but like they were convinced I was a heroin addict, and they were like, you know, if, if your mother could step out of the room for a second so we can ask you about your intravenous drug use, and I'm like, I'm not an intravenous drug user. I just have an infection. So I only made sangrawana those five yeah, times. Dude, totally. Because <laughs> didn't so, you, you went and did mushrooms and got some kind of a mosquito bite in the woods? No, 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 it was just a mosquito bite. I was working as a bartender at the time, right. and I think I probably just, like, was staying up too late and, mm-hmm. like, my immune system wasn't in great shape or something. Right. Anyway, so they had to, like, cut my leg open and stuff it with cotton. That's Oof. what happens when you have yeah. a crazy infection. And so anyway, I'm lying on the table and they're doing twilight sleep, which is like 
uh, pretty trippy stuff. Yeah. And so this guy comes in, the anesthesiologist, and he's got all these, like, col- I remember it vividly. He's got, like, all these syringes that are, like, color-coded. And mm-hmm. one of them was red, and one of them was, like, yellow, and one of them was blue. And he's like, hey, okay, so I'm going to, like, shoot you full of this stuff first, and this is the local, so that we can give you then a series of injections, which will then, like, you know, put you into conscious sedation, and then we're going to cut you open and stuff your leg with cotton. And I'm like, okay. So they, <laughs> they give me the first shot, and they're like, this is the local, and they're poking my leg, and everything's fine, right? So he's like, all right, I'm going to give you this one, and you're going to go to sleep, but you won't really be asleep. Yeah. Just, so just let me know how you feel going after to a I inject dimension. this. Yeah, so he injects me, and I'm, like, sitting there and looking at him and going, okay, well, like, how long should this take to kick in? And, and they're like, well, I guess if you have to ask, we need to give you another one. <laughs> so he, like, pulls out another needle and gives it to me, and I'm still standing there going, well, you know, I'm feeling a little dizzy, but... You know, he's like, well, I don't give her another one. So four shots later, I was finally under. And this has become a theme every time I go to the hospital. It's like we have to go through the song and dance of I have a crazy tolerance to all the things. And not not because I use all the things, but because I just... Your people are different. And I have a ridiculous metabolism, apparently. (laughs) So... Anyway, like, my recent trip to the hospital where my ovary almost exploded and killed me while I was pregnant. You had, did you um, have, like, a cyst that ruptured or something? I had a cyst that caused ovarian torsion, so, um, (gasps) yeah, for all you folks at home who don't know what that is, it's like when your ovary, uh balloons to a crazy size and becomes really heavy and then it hangs down on the fallopian tube and then twists around cutting off blood circulation (laughs) causing all kinds of fun stuff so anyway i'm at the hospital screaming in pain this was before i went through childbirth obviously was that worse oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) so anyway i'm screaming and freaking out and like have i was like throwing up i was in so much pain and so she gives me this shot of morphine, and obviously nothing happens, and I'm still freaking out, and, like, four or five shots of morphine later, they're like, okay, give her some Dilaudid, like, really, give her something. So finally, I was on, like, the highest dose of Dilaudid that they were willing to give me was the one that was fine, and finally the nurse came over and was like, how much pain are you in? I was like, I feel so good. <laughs> and, like, and they, like, sent me up to the MRI machine, and, like, they're like, you might feel a little bit, like, claustrophobic, so here's this emergency button. I was like, you know what? I feel so good. I'm not even going to need that button. Yeah, I don't even need that button. They were, like, trying to remind me Just not to fall asleep. put on some traveling Wilburys in... for me, would you? Yeah, it was pretty, pretty intense. So, anyway, um, at the hospital, it was the same thing. I needed more, more epidural. Mm-hmm. That's, we were worried about that, because they gave you, I was, I was with Noala as her doula, um, <laughs> when she had her baby, and, like... They gave you some morphine and gravel to, like, send you home to go to sleep, and you're like, you're gonna need to give me more, and they're like, no, you're in yeah, labor. Yeah, that like, actually we worked pretty well, down. though. Yeah. That, I mean, but I had been sober for nine months then, by that point, yeah. so anything at that point is like, you're wow, like, a coffee is like, I feel crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But then the epidural, they had to, like, keep... Oh, yeah, so the epidural is fentanyl, for any of you who didn't know that. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so I've had large amounts of fentanyl now. But just only in the lower half of your body, which is weird. Only lower half of my body, yeah. But, like, it doesn't... It's weird that they can localize it like that. Yeah, and not only that, but it's, like, gravity-based, so they have you constantly turning from your left side to your right side, because it, like, sinks down to one side of your body. It's crazy. My old office manager at the job that I had before I went back to school, she uh, told us a story about, like, when she had her baby, because she had her baby when she was, like, 30. 35, 36 or whatever, so high risk and then stress attached to it. So she had an epidural, but it only took on one side. 
And she just told that story. I've heard this story dozens of times from different women about the epidural only working on one side. Mm -hmm. It's horrifying. But for you, it worked really good. And I remember. So good. I remember because, like, so happy when you got it. I've got such a, like, the doula thing where I'm like, and let's try to natural and this and that. And, like, because I was always a little afraid of an epidural thing. So was I. They make it sound sound really bad. Accidentally get paralyzed. Yeah, because it's like, oh, and then, you know, you won't be able to get up and move around. You'll just be, like, stuck, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, oh, I don't know. They give you a binder. And it's like the in like, between contractions, you're trying to read your, this. Yeah, they're like, it. "Oh, so you want an epidural? Here's this binder." And it's like all the information. It's shit. like, okay, come on, guys. Like, I'm in the worst pain of my life. I've been in labor for like 50 hours by now. Like, I, I can't read this thing. So I at, at that point, I was in like I was super silly on like the laughing gas and between yes. contractions. I was like, "Yay, I'm not in horrible pain." So I made a joke and I was like, "They should call this binder." So you want an epidural? And so then, the, like, the anesthesiologist walks in, and she's like, so, you want an epidural? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then it's so like, after... So ruined your life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, to be honest, at the time, it felt like a failure, but it was the best decision ever. Mm-hmm. The next time, which there won't be ever a next time, I am going to, you know, imaginarily walk into the hospital and be like, hook me up, Scotty. Yeah. Yeah, oh just give me an epidural and induce me and let me yeah. read a magazine. Well, I, <laughs> used to, I used to be sure I wanted a kid and I was sure that I wanted to do, like, home birth, no drugs. Yeah. And now I'm kind of like, don't want a kid, but if I did, I'd be like, let's, welcome me to, like, the most futuristic hospital suite you've got. Mm-hmm. I want what Beyonce had. I want, like... Yeah. yeah, the whole But you know shebang. what? Honestly, it depends on the cards that you're dealt. Like, mm-hmm. my friend Angie had a 14-hour labor. Like, after 14 hours, I was fine. I would have been able to push that baby out with no drugs, no problem, right. after 14 it's hours. It's just, it took so long that you were so fucking tired. I was tired. so tired. And, like, not only tired, but, like, beginning to panic with the intensity of how it was getting... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. was... It's a scary thing. It was really scary. But I definitely, like, you've sort of demystified the epidural for me a little bit, where it's just like, I don't feel so, like, I'll put that on my list now. Like, I still want to try to... Yeah. But you're like, hey, if I ask for this, don't deny it to me. Yeah, exactly. Like, I definitely am much more willing to consider it again. So that's really awesome. And it's just, it was great, because then you were just able to sleep, and then you woke up, and then you were still able to push out the baby, and it was wonderful. Now you got a baby. I know, and the stoner in me was like, can I still have the gas if you give me the epidural? (laughs) (laughs) What did they say? She was like, no, you won't need the gas. She was right, obviously. I was like, I I I had been in so much pain, I was like, please don't take the gas away from me. I'm just like, can I just have it, like, just for me? Yeah, like... (laughs) Because, let's be honest, nitrous pretty cool. It's pretty fun. It's yeah. pretty fun. I like it a lot. <laughs> I have never had a baby. I just did it illicitly. I tried to do it illicitly years ago, and I was a little, like, freaked out by the whole inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale balloon experience. Oh, yeah? Has anyone ever done this at, like, a festival? You just gotta get a fucking whipped cream container. Oh, well. Apparently this is a better way. investment. Whippets. My parents once caught me trying to, like, crack open one of theirs because I saw it on the internet when I was, like, 15, and they came home, like, right as I'm trying to... They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, literally, there's nothing else that I could be doing than what I'm doing right now. I was like, trying to make whipped cream. <laughs> Obviously, I heard this would be cool, and I wanted to try it. Brenda. <laughs> so I'll thank you not to stare. My teeth really hurt, and yeah. I googled it. So I'm gonna do some home dentistry, even though then. I have a full... Either way, it's definitely <laughs> Google back then. Oh my god. I remember the first the first internet interface I had was a like a Yahoo splash page that was just all links. It was just mm. links. Just like, hey, maybe you'd like this. And I'm like, maybe I will. <laughs> uh, early days of the internet. The early, early days. ICQ. Uh-oh. 
this hit their 20th anniversary recently. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's very funny. That I had a nice, still? I had a hilarious, I should really have my friend, we need to get my friend Janessa on this show, honestly, because okay. she, uh, she's the person that I, like, got onto the internet. Like, I, I was the gateway dealer when it came to that, so I got her her first Hotmail address, which was Princess Ness at Hotmail.com. Yeah. And I set her up with ICQ, and we all got our first, like, ICQ relationships that way. Like, flirting with cute babes online. Good Pretty times, good. right? Pretty good. Yeah. That's when I discovered erotic fiction. Oh, yeah. 12 years old. Like, fan fiction type stuff? I don't know oh. how I got down that rabbit hole. The internet's a dark and doomy place sometimes. <laughs> Mysterious. Just people writing, yeah, erotica basically. Yeah, but like for a young teenage girl experiencing her... Reading it is so much better such... than looking at it. Yes! Yeah. My god. Yeah. I still prefer it to like the crappy lesbian kissing, you know, like... La, 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 la. <laughs> Not yeah. that I watch crappy lesbian kissing to like get my rocks off, but no, that was the like only the, example. The I hands come up with, with the talons on it, like yeah, I'm gonna finger you so good, like please don't, oh, please don't cut your nails. Oh, they're like God. they like just like sort of slap it a little. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like pat 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 Mom and Dad, please don't listen to this. <sighs> Mom and dad oh don't God. listen to this. So my dad's funeral. So your dad's funeral. How did we get so far away know. from the topic? So you, I apologize so, if this is my fault. No, so no, no, funny. it's probably mine. So your dad's funeral. Uh, no, I just, so I'll just go back a little bit. Just backtrack. Basically, like, so I just, anyway, my mom helped me out. She, like, wrote his obituary, which is really nice. And she found, like, a really cute picture of him. I was just going to say palliative care drugs is how we oh, got palliative here. Care oh, drugs. yes! <laughs> yes. Morphine! Good. So, yeah, your mom. So And then your mom. Yeah, my mom found this, like, picture of him. She's like, oh, we'll find, like, a nice picture. The only really nice pictures I have of him are, like, our wedding photos, so I'll just, like, crop me out of them. And then she found this picture of him, like... Sitting in an easy chair with a salad. Seeing a plate of salad like he's got a mouthful. And it's just like, oh, it's so nice. He just looks so happy here with his salad. So that was the picture on the little program at the funeral oh. home. Yeah, Which it was. was nice. Um, and then so on Tuesday, I got to go to my dad's house. So the government, I did decide that the government was going to administer the estate, which means that they basically clean the whole house, clear out all the stuff, sell everything, and then give me the money. Which nice. is like sounds good, pretty good, because um, I'm his only living child and he doesn't have a spouse, so that's the order of succession by the Wilson Successions Act to British Columbia, which I actually had to read for work already, and so mm -hmm. I was familiar with. Um, but so they were like, you know, because you're the one that's going to inherit, you can go to the house and you can see if there's anything that you want to keep as like a physical object. And I went in there and it was just like hoarder's paradise, basically, just like been spending most of our lives, <laughs> just like. Clippings of, like, newspaper articles, like, all over the walls, like, Oof. just, like, the house was super leaky and, like, old, and so there were just, like, buckets of stagnant water everywhere, everything was, like, sticky, like, it was just, like, kind of awful. Did so you I'm... find, like, a dungeon in the basement or No, because, like, I knew where everything, it, the investigators were kind of funny, they are like, oh, you can go look around, I immediately went to his bedroom downstairs, and I was like, here's where all the crystal is, <laughs> and just, like, showed them, like, here's where all the valuables were kept, like, and this box hasn't been open for four Forty years, you know, like forty years. 40 years. Careful, so, I bet there's like a stack of Playboys from like the. 70s there was a giant a Pamela Anderson life-size cardboard cutout. You're joking? No, I'm not joking. Life-size. Yeah. Did you set it on fire? And a lot of a lot of like male virility like advertisements for like pills, and he had a lot of fedoras that I don't remember. He was <gasps> he was very much a men's rights activist for a while, like getting into like fathers' rights and women get all the rights in divorce court. Like he really went down that 
rabbit hole. So he had so many fedoras that I didn't remember. <laughs> it was really awful to find those. Just like create a bonfire and burn them and just see this like the ghosts come out. <laughs> a giant fedora. Actually. Oh, um, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I also found a lot of wigs mm. uh, that were like like Mozart or like Judge or whatever. Did you keep any of this? No. But then I found well, all these. She kept some things. Then I found all these costumes. So these like beautifully tailored like silk waistcoats and jackets. I'll show you them. They're downstairs. I'm like, these can't just get no. thrown out or thrown into an auction block. Like what they were doing was sorting through like what's a personal item. So I'm gonna have this bin full of like pictures and letters and stuff that they're gonna give me eventually. And what is something that might have value that we can put in like this big auction lot so some storage wars aficionado can basically take it and like go through it. Mm-hmm. And what's just garbage. Mm. So they were like shoveling stuff out basically. Like, there was so much stuff. Oh, and they were like, oh, the house is so and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, this basically looks like what I grew up in though. Just mm. like a little bit worse, but not that much worse. Oh boy. But these costumes, I'm like, I'm. can I take these? Like they don't have any monetary value. I want to donate them to a theater company because they're beautiful. Cool. And I found two like capes. That look like uh, Pope robes. And so I'm totally, totally going to go as Cardinal Voyello from the Young Pope for Halloween. It's going to be I amazing. need to see this fucking show, This show man. is so good. Have you seen the Young Pope? I've, this I is haven't. the first you've heard of it? No, it is not. You must How can you miss it. out on something that's called the Young Pope? It's about a Pope who's this too Pope young. This Pope is too young! So I would recommend... <laughs> <laughs> Recommended reading, or sorry, listening. Recommended listening for our listeners. Uh, Merritt Kay and Eric do a podcast called Papal Bull, and it's a companion podcast, like a recap podcast for the young Pope, and it's so good. And they go through and they, like, research all the artwork that's in every scene. Like, they basically built a whole replica of, like... The Vatican. The Vatican. Chris, did you tell me that they try to get the Pope to vape in an episode of the young Pope? Yes. But he's too cool to vape, so he just keeps to cigarettes. Yeah, so basically... Wait a second, this is, like, a modern story? I thought it wasn't when I looked it up. I'm like, this has to be set in the 50s or 60s. No. It's not. It's surrealist. It's basically like an alternate timeline, and we don't oh. know when it is, but it's presumably after... Oh, I thought uh, it was like a, some, you know, historical young yeah. pope that was so young. No, there no. hasn't been a young pope in 40 years! <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, Way longer than 40 years. On, yeah, on the sure. People Bull podcast, they actually, they research, they do a Pope of the Week, and Who's so the they, youngest they pope? researched the youngest Pope was, like, a 10-year-old. That's too what? young to be Pope! his rich daddy, like, bought him the papacy in, like, the too, 1200s or something He's like too that. young to Pope! Yeah, it was pretty good. But yeah, because there's, like, a law in the Vatican that John Paul II made it so that no one can smoke in the Vatican. And so then Jude Law, who is the young pope. He's the youngest pope. Oh, so handsome. He's not really that young. Well, he's like 50, but that's young for a pope. Oh. So like, like a fresh, that's a pope chicken, if you ever. But so he like lights up a cigarette Spring and then someone pope. else is like, oh, you can't smoke in the Vatican. And then, he's like, uh, I'm the pope. And then he does. And then someone else asks, oh, holy father, holy father, can I have a cigarette? He's like, no, there's no smoking in the Vatican. And he just said he's the only one that can smoke. And they try to get him to vape. They brought, they bought him a vape pipe. A papal vape. vape. And he wouldn't use it. A we get it. Bowl. You're the fucking pope and you vape. Okay. We get it. Oh, yeah, we get it, you vape. We get it. Anyway, so. You've <laughs> been spending a lot of time with internet memes, haven't you? Actually, my husband is like. The vapiest vapor of he really all is. the vapors who've ever vaped across vape lines. I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> well, bad I'd rather be, if, if, if you were like, "Hey, Katie, would you like to date someone who vapes or smokes cigarettes?" I'd be like, "I'll take the vape, but like, do I have any further choice in this?" Well, in my mind, it's like, congr- you know, whatever he wants to do. If he wants to like blow large amounts of vapor, that's cool. I mean, yeah, if you want to just rip those sweet cumulus <laughs> <those> clouds. <laughs> 
Matt Cotton. <laughs> the apologies to the McElroy brothers. It's oh pretty funny. God. He's like really into like he builds the whole thing from scratch. Like every couple of days, he's it's it's not just the average. Oh yeah, no, my sorry, I stood up you to stretch and then I, I was doing a weird about. sound probably, but yeah, no, my friends, my friend's husband is also a really hardcore like vapor. into, into <laughs> yes. like like I'm modding my vape oh, tank. Yes. This is Adrian, totally. Oh my god, it's really dorky, but it also is kind of cool. And then I, if I ever try to take a pull off a of vape, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. It hurts a lot. I don't like just it smells like weird cotton candy shit. Like I have my own vices. The, I'm glad he's got. Is. Vices. Mm-hmm. Vices are great. Vices, yeah. Somebody who doesn't have any. It's What's it's mysterious. Right it's mysterious to me. Mm-hmm. Past guest, uh, Steve Venegas, who is a teetotaler, a straight edge fella, who's just a dad. Mm-hmm. That's his thing. Doesn't appear to have any vices, but I realize, oh, dad humor is his vice. Everybody's got a vice. He definitely made a, a photo meme that he put up yesterday that was, it was him, like, doing his hair in the morning where he's, like, holding Brill cream and thinking, hmm, a little dab will do me. And then there's a picture of him dabbing, like, doing the dance move. And then in the next picture, his hair is oh fully God. styled. And I was like, oh, how dare if you? you didn't smoke, if you smoked weed, you wouldn't do this kind of thing. <laughs> oh my God, you guys, have you actually seen that dab song? What dab song? The dab song. The dab song. Like there's a video. You that's not what you were referencing just now. Well, it must. Dabs, it must be. Dance? It's just that as a, as a oh, marijuana a aficionado, video. dab means something different to me. Yes, it does. Well, but okay. Well, anyway, there's a terrible rap video that's like every stereotype about a rap song ever. It's like dab, bitch, dab, bitch. Like, it, like it's, it's. I can't, I can't even. That's, that's actually what the lyrics of the songs are. I'm Just not even. Dab, making... bitch. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho. <laughs> back to it. the dead father. Yeah. Oh, so... back to your dead dad. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about. Sorry. It's okay. Sorry, it's... we're doing the best we can to remain this on is, topic. This is exactly what I wanted. Everyone's like, "Are you sure you want to podcast the day after his funeral?" I'm like, with my close friends yes. who can joke about this in a dark way, and like, oh, yes. you've gone through this yourself, Noel, with a with a not so good dad. Too many and times. So... Too many times. Yeah. Two times too many. So yeah, I also found like a perfectly mint condition Mercedes uh, Benz convertible in the garage. That like every there was like eight husks of gross cars outside, and this perfectly maintained like gotta be worth a dove gray. So I kind of want to drive it. Uh, you rent it out to movies. Yeah, it's really beautiful. So well, I mean, the even the shell. We can like, look into would... renting out things to the movie industry together. Me, my child, you, your <laughs> dead father's car. <laughs> <laughs> Film industry. Your snake. My snake. She's yes. very, very docile. Your, your snake. Yeah, there you go. Your snake and her baby in my convertible. Let's put a snake and a baby in a convertible Let's together. Let's go on like one of those female road trips, like Thelma and Louise, yeah. but it's River and Sappho, which sounds it's like a snake real. drive. This is like a children's book that should exist. Mm-hmm. Sappho and River. Yes. <laughs> the snake who was a friend. <laughs> She's very docile. I, I'm, I'm thinking, like, somebody's like, well, does, could a ball python kill a person? I'm like, maybe a brand new infant. Like, I feel like River at nine months could kick the shit out of my snake. Maybe. Like, the snake could maybe squeeze her, but wouldn't, like. Mm-hmm. She's got some sharp teeth. Well, the snake does too, but the snake has never bitten me, so I don't know. I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I, someone was like, what could your snake kill? I'm like, it's never killed anything. It doesn't know how, by accident, maybe, maybe like a really a weak, crappy Does baby. Does it eat like frozen mice or something? Yeah, they're oh. thawed. They're not alive. 
Because if they're alive, they put up a fight. And they're domesticated... But, that's like half the fun. but they're domesticated snakes, right? So they're, right. they're cream pups. You treat them... You tra- tra- like, train them to not bite you, basically. Oh, okay. So then, when they're confronted with something alive, it's just going to fuck their shit up. Clang. <laughs> yeah, I love how you looked at... Like, like you were doing it so quiet. <laughs> what is she doing, listeners? Send in your guesses to seahagspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Just pour wine. <laughs> Sorry to remove the uh, secrecy of oh, everything, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, yeah, my snake's not a murderer, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Can we talk so, about the funeral? A yeah, bit? yeah, yeah, yeah. We so definitely we, can. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just going to keep us on task Please while do. you guys do diverge. It. It's great. I really am enjoying this a lot. Um, so, yeah, we basically had this funeral. It was very, like, low key. Just, like, at the funeral home, they just, like, put out some tea and coffee and, like, a podium, and my mom wrote, like, a nice sort of recap of his life a little bit, and I just wasn't sure who was gonna come. So my aunt showed up, my mom's friend showed up, which is good, and then I had Ed phone some people. So there was my dad's neighbor who had, like, gotten in touch with me, and then there was this woman that, I guess, visited my dad at the hospice and left a message Mm -hmm. for me to get in touch with her, and I had, like, spoken to her on the phone, and she was a bit, like oh, your dad just would have loved to see you and it's so sad that you weren't in contact and you should really go see him, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I did see him in the hospital. Like, mind your own fucking business, lady. Like, I was not very nice to her on the phone. Um, But so her, the neighbors showed up and they were really nice, but they kind of made me feel a little sad. It's just like, oh, your dad just loved you the most out of everything. They would like sit on the back porch and like drink tea and just, my dad would just talk about me the whole time and... It was just kind of like, it felt kind of guilt trippy, but I just decided to not take it that way. And he was like, and the guy was like, oh yeah, and I would like pull up your Facebook page and show your dad like pictures from your Facebook and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, that's a violation of privacy. I thought I had privacy settings on there. And the guy was like, seemed really nice and really well-intentioned, but like super naive. And he was just like, oh no, I, d- I feel so bad. And, yeah. and then I was like, listen, I don't want to ruin your fond memories of my dad or whatever. Yeah. Like, so you can have that, but just know like there's multiple sides to any story, you know? And the guy was, like, he had lived next door to my dad for, like, ten years, and he's like, in the last couple years, your dad would, like, really, he was going off the deep end a little bit, and he would, like, take, like, his paintings that he painted, like, throw them off his porch, and then, like, call the neighbor and get him to, like, bring them back inside. So, like, these neighbors were, like, looking after this, like, old man... Which was really kind, like, so he had lots of nice people sort of around him that were they looking were after him. They were very sweet people. Very sweet, but, very, like, kind of naive and just, like... Well, I listen to you... I've always heard you tell me stories about you, like, holding boundaries with people, and I've always been, like, very impressive, but I got to see it in action yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, you were so gentle with them, but you were so firm at the same time. You were just huh. like, like, hey... I really thought that that was private and you probably shouldn't have done that. Like that's, that's my life. And I mean, I, I get that you want to help him, but all that stuff. And I was just like, Oh my God, I'm getting a master class in <laughs> how to protect myself, but not be a dick about it. Like you mm-hmm. were not mean at all. I could tell that he felt bad, but mm-hmm. I also just kind of like, well, he didn't think about it. Naive, right? Yeah. Not malice, but not at all, but you never treated it like it was malice and you never were short with him. You're just kind of like, well, you know, it was complicated. And I mean, I loved him and you loved him. So Great. And I just kept saying you to them, what? like... It takes a lot of mental, mental energy to even bother to do something like that. I know. Mm-hmm. She could have done two other things. She could have been super rude just out of anger and frustration. Yeah. Or you could have just not mentioned it and said yes and smiled and nodded. But you did the hard without thing. Without correcting them. Uh-huh. You know? 
You stayed true. You take the middle way. The true true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very <laughs> impressive. No, I, I meant to tell you about it yesterday, but it was still so fresh, right? And I just wanted to no, think about it some more. Where I was just like, oh, I will great. always praise you. But I was just like, I was just sort of sitting there going like, this is uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable. And thinking like, boy, I sure want to run away right now. But I was also just kind of like, no, I'm here. And she's fine. Like, she's just, just she can take care of herself. No problem. Yeah. And so, like, I took some of their kind words that they said where it's just like, yeah, your dad loved you very much. And definitely I cried a little bit and stuff. And it was yeah. fine. And it was be- quite beautiful. Yeah. And we, like, we played, like, an Andrea Bocelli song and everyone just, like, sat quietly and listened. <laughs> and, you know, had some, had some tears and stuff. But then it was, like, good. Everyone got to, like, chat a little bit. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I think some mobsters showed up. Thought it was the Russian mob, or a Hungarian mob, Hungarian or something. Mob, yeah. I don't think they'll that actually exist in Vancouver. I have no idea, but these two very stoic Eastern European men showed up in suits. In suits. So it was the father and the son. They each it had was a... a fucking funeral, after all. I know, but it, we were casual. We were playing it simple. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I dressed up. One suit really does good. not a mafia so, mate. Someone did show up in jeans. So yeah. okay, all right. <laughs> that was well, that would be Vancouver. my partner. This no, it was Vancouver. somebody else I was looking yeah. at, but. Yeah, I dressed up pretty Ed wore his dress work pants. Yeah, I wore like... You looked great. I, I basically kind of dressed in Pope cosplay. Yeah, she had a she had a clip from the Pope robe she took from her dad's place and wore it on her cool blazer. Was there uh-huh. a tasteful black net? No, I there didn't been some go discussion. that far. I was going to go so dramatic, but it would have been... <laughs> it would have looked so out of place in that little room. Yeah. I know, but I've always wanted to wear a tasteful black... Yes, well, if it, if it was a... Net if we wound up doing a Catholic mass, I was going to go full, like, weeping Madonna, full basically. Weeping Madonna. Yeah. But in this, I just... Tasteful, you know, I'm basically, glad. You like, looked fantastic. Black dress, black boots, like, blazer, whatever. But so these guys show up, not just because they were in suits, but he, like, shows up, he's like... Hello. And it's like, oh, hi, how do you, you know, I'm, I'm Christina, this is my dad, how do you know my dad? I've known him for three years. I love him. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, how do you know, how do you know my dad? I love him. Oh. I kiss him okay. the way man kiss man. <laughs> In steamy room. <laughs> but just so, this was the husband of the wife that I was rude to on the phone, and he was just very stoic, and like we didn't, she didn't show up. I guess she had to work or something. But this was the family, and they just were like, "I loved your dad," and they just didn't talk to anybody and just sat in the corner. And my mom went over and talked to them a little bit, and they were pretty like stone cold with her. Like you wonder what my dad had told people about us, you know? Yeah. Who knows? So they seemed pretty like severe. Severe. And then when I played the Andrea Bocelli song, they stood up. And, like, bowed their heads, and it was very, like, whatever. And then the guy just, like, after everyone had said something about my dad, and then we played the song. And I was like, cool, thanks, we're done. And the guy stood up, and he's like, I just have two words to say. Love and thank you. And then they left. And I was like, three three words. (laughs) But they brought two livid red roses and just left them on the city, you know, like. It was just really extra. In communist Russia. They were Hungarian, like that, yeah. It was so roses. strange. Oh my god, it just seemed like super severe. Can I can weird. I share my funny bit? From yes. The, it was just that that uh, I think Ed asked, you know, well, what do we do with the ashes? And you said, I don't know. I don't even know where they are. And I was just like, um, they're over there. <laughs> like there's just a box of dad hey, over by the floral that arrangement. Suggestion of mine, what we should do with the ashes? Sending them to Poland to the Vatican. Yeah. Surely to, there's a service. To your, to, dear the Vatican, please distribute these to your youngest pope. <laughs> <laughs> that he 
you may vape them. <laughs> oh my god. So I looked into sending them just even to Poland, and it's very expensive, and he right. doesn't have a Polish passport anymore, so they wouldn't, like, accept. <gasps> you could just send the ashes so, like, can you passport? Reddit this or something? Surely this is, like, a the internet can solve this problem. I'm sure. I'm sure. So, like, we don't know what to do with these ashes. Yeah. Do you so, have like, them? Are they in the house? Is no. he with us right now? No. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, so nice. Yeah, so basically, like, we, we all went for lunch. My aunt came as well, my mom's right. sister, and she's always been, like, my closest relative, basically. She's lovely. She's so awesome, and she really has my back all the time, like, unquestionably. Oh, yeah. And we were at the Fraser River having lunch, and we were like, well, we should just dump him in the river and just send it. And then I thought about it for a while, and she thought about it for a while, and we all kind of, and she's like, I need to kibosh this because we put my like my grandpa's like her dad's ashes right down the stream basically and even though they wouldn't be there it's like we can't have them being in the same spot they can't do that and I'm like I really don't want my dad in the general water supply Mm. and then my aunt was like well if you want like you probably don't want to keep him in your garage so we'll keep him in our garage so my aunt's got them for now and it was nice but yeah yeah, I totally almost parallels about this story like yeah, so that's you're hitting, that's you're my, so many bells for me. That's my story. Do you want to share any of yours or not? You don't necessarily have. to. Oh well, I mean, just the Cliff's Notes version of the similarities between your experience and my experience is like my aunt stored the ashes mm-hmm. for me while I was traveling and didn't have anywhere for them to put, so there was that. Um, and also, like I had similar experiences with like all my relatives coming out of the woodwork and saying it's like that people feel obligated to say nice things about a dead person, <laughs> even if that person like wasn't the nicest person. Yeah. And I find that really frustrating, and have been struggling a lot with the same sort of problems about whether or not to like correct people when they make an effort to reach out to me about those things. Right. Because it'd be one thing if you're like having a casual conversation with someone and you're choosing to ma- remain tactful when someone says something that you don't necessarily, like, want to open an enormous can of worms in order to clarify. Yeah. Right. So there, but there's those situations, and then there's, like, the situation where someone goes out of their way to, like, contact you <sighs> with, like, oh, you know, and, like, I'm sure your father would be really kidney. sorry. No, I'm sure he would be really sorry about all the bad things that happened to you when you were a child. <sighs> and, like, like oh. beyond the grave, he loves you so much, and he wants you to forgive him, you know? Fuck, fuck you. you. Yeah. Like, fuck the fuck. I got, I got an email being like, I'm sure if your dad had gotten to know you, he'd be <sighs> really proud of you. Well, you he know? certainly had the opportunity. And yeah. it's like, I'm 33 years old, and I have a child of my own, and I've made peace with so many of these things, and I live a life where I don't even fucking think about him on a daily basis, and that is the best revenge. Like, mm-hmm. I have the life that I want. I don't need to forgive him in order to feel inner peace. And, you know, like, and so anyway, when I receive a letter like this, like I did recently, it just, I waste a whole fucking day thinking about it and crafting a angry and yet perfectly perfectly withering response. response. Exactly. Just like, I want to bring, I want to reduce this person to a puddle of apologies. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) but obviously like, I don't even need, it's like, like the need to do that is something that perhaps is like, I don't need to do this. It's not going to fix anything you know it's not gonna make me feel better if anything spending a whole day being angry about receiving a card in the mail is like counterproductive and a waste (laughs) of time and like so anyway i mean Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes i feel like there's i should like hire a loudspeaker and it should just like scream at the whole world constantly like just because you're dead does not make you a great fucking person (laughs) you know like Yeah, Sorry. It's like true. like Hitler's dead. Right? <laughs> yeah. Lots of people have died who suck. Yeah, it's yeah. like if a 
father was an asshole in the woods and no one was around to hear. Did it ever really happen? I really... Okay, I kind of love that this whole episode has pretty much been basically a dad feelings. Yeah. Uh, do we want to, like, maybe end this here and then just do another episode on top of this? Sure. Like, uh, talk more about your baby and things? Sure, we can do a whole other like, episode about, like, on not, the not choice repeating, of childbirth. Not repeating the same no, mistakes, no. etc. No, talk about... These, whatever you guys Sounds want to talk good. about. I have I'm here to be supportive to my good friend, Christina, who buried her father yesterday. I'm not really to talk about him. myself or to further my own agenda. She put him in her aunt's garage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so to dear Christina, anyway, who put her I, dad I, in her aunt's garage. I was going to tell one anecdote about okay, yeah. burying my father, which, uh, you know, people associate funerals with, like, some great import. And I had never attended a funeral mm-hmm. before I buried my own, well, scattered my father. Mm-hmm. And, see, he, he died when I was in Europe, so several months elapsed between the actual death and the scattering of the ashes. Right. Um, so when I returned to Florida, where the ashes were, because he died, like, in Florida and I was in London, uh, I went back to town and I contacted my aunt, who had not spoken to for many years for family reasons. Mm-hmm. The Planets are not famous for being great at getting along. Right. And... <laughs> So anyway, she had the ashes in her closet, and she was like, I'm gonna, you know, he would have wanted to be scattered at sea because he was a sailor, so I'm gonna arrange it. So she, through her AA group, which she was a part of, it was a great, huge part of her life, because my father died of complications resulting in alcoholism, uh, you know, the community got together and they found someone with a boat who was willing to take us out to the inlet to, to international scatter the waters. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, we got on this boat and yada, 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 we ride out to the, to the inlet and, and we're, we're sitting there and it's like, you know, the water is churning and everyone's like holding on for dear life. And I'm handed as the child of the man who died, I'm handed this wooden box and it's like, okay, so it had no lid. It was like a monolith. And I'm like looking at it going, that's, how do I I open it? that's what mine is too. I don't yeah, understand. And it was like screwed closed. So finally I had to hand it back and be like, is there an, you know, like, does anyone have an incredibly just awkward <laughs> screwdriver for just such an occasion? <laughs> and like this guy like unscrews the box and hands it back to me. So I open up the box and inside is a bag Yep. Like a plastic bag yep. Yep. with Champ Planet written on it in Sharpie. His name is Champ. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I had this moment where I was like, damn, this is like one of those moments in life where you have a realization about death and things in general. And the, just the utter meaninglessness of it. Like as I lifted this bag out of this wooden box and I just like I thought to myself this isn't a whole lot of volume you know my dad was kind of a big dude and like you know like are there any chunks like can I can I like you know like how all these thoughts you know like anyway so you know there's all these families standing around crying and I'm like having an existential moment so I like dumped the bag over the side of the 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 thing and it like flies everywhere and my aunt is like crying and and like re trying to read this it's also incredibly awkward poem and like anyway it was just like it was altogether not really as solemn and like you know it sounds like a lot it was a lot of weirdness and then I got home and I was like damn I'm like I need a drink like 
you know, like, <laughs> which is sort of so ironic in the context of like what had just happened. And, like, <laughs> so there was that. And then my stepfather um, got cancer and died within the same year, a couple of years later. And so he died in hospice in a completely different scenario mm-hmm. where, you know, where my father died in a random motel in Marathon, Florida mm. and sat there for like two days before Ugh. anyone else found him because uh, like yeah. that's what happens to you when you're an asshole. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, I did said not it. live up to his Thank own you. name. So <laughs> not a chance. yeah, and then my stepfather, who's like a greatly loved individual by many people, there was like four hundred people at his funeral and like standing room only. So he took like four weeks to die in hospice, right? Like, the worst way imaginable, right? Like I would never wish that on my worst enemy. Of course. And, like, so when we scattered his ashes, my mother was, like, you know, super distraught, and there's all these people standing around, and she, like, is digging this hole to scatter the ashes in, because we're, like, in a church graveyard where they have, right. like, a garden where the ashes go, and yeah. so we're just, like, sort of digging this, like, little piddly ceremonial hole where you would, like, sort of put the ashes in, and just then... Just a dad hole. Yeah, like, <laughs> dad, step dad, dad ash-size hole. Anyway, so, like, my mother, like, tries to hand me, emotionally, tries to hand me this shovel, and she's like, would you like to dig some of the hole? And, you know, I'm like... <laughs> I had already scattered my father a couple of years before, and I was feeling a little ridiculous about the whole situation, and I burst out laughing extremely inappropriately <laughs> at the time, and my mother was like, don't laugh, and I was like, I'm the worst daughter in the world. <laughs> and so then, years later, I, in, like, you know, drunkenly with my mother, I apologized to her. I was like, you know, I don't know how, what, like, you know, I feel bad about it to this day. I don't know what possessed me to, like, burst out laughing, and she's like, you know what, something I never told anyone when I dumped him in the hole, some of him got into my mouth. (laughs) 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 And we had a good laugh over that, and that was that. Funerals are weird. My family's very cool about it, like, it's always been, even with people who died very young, like, we were always just kind of like, when my grandma passed away, we waited a while to take her ashes up to Lone Butte and, like, walk up the Butte at Lone Butte. (laughs) And uh, then we will just joke to everybody like, oh yeah, we're throwing grandma off a cliff this weekend. Because <laughs> that's exactly what we did is we just scattered her yeah. over the side pretty much. And mm-hmm. she's just like, hey, have a good time there, Margaret. Mm. Yeah. You know? So. It's mm-hmm. so, fucked yeah, up. I don't know. I it's need to decide up. what to do with my dad's ashes and we'll see. I haven't really It'll come considered. to you. Yeah, no some, some good thought will come. That's we'll a good thing about ashes. They ain't going anywhere. They're pretty in <laughs> Not there. getting any <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Very That's true. actually the best part about death is like it's so I was utterly gonna say, final. My, and like it's done. <laughs> it's so done. My like I had two really good thoughts. One is that I'm not having to look over my shoulder anymore mm. about like wondering where my dad's gonna show up. I'm mm-hmm. suddenly feeling a lot more free to like, oh sure, I'll give my phone number out to blah 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 or like mm. not be so shy about like saying where I live or like inviting yeah. people over, like going out and doing more things out in the world, you know, just, like, feeling a lot more free, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And the other best thought is, like, I, all the people that I talked to about, like, my dad's care, there were all these care workers that really loved him and supported, oh, he was so charming and blah, blah, and his doctor and these neighbors. I don't have to speak to any of them yeah. ever again. Like, I actually have no reason to talk to any of them ever again. It feels great. So, chapter... Closed. <laughs> yeah, and all that baggage you carry around, like, the night after I heard that my father had died, like... I legitimately feared that he would, like, come to me in an apparition or something. Even yeah. though I'm totally not that sort of person, I have zero beliefs they like that. They were going to get, like, a Jacob Marley totally. visitation. Yes. And, like, that was a... It was, like, I was so afraid that I would, like, have a dream about him or something. Mm-hmm. And so I got just 
prohibitively drunk that night. Just to shut it down. Yeah, and, and I had this realization where that I just, that the, all the baggage that I had been carrying around for years and years and all the things that I felt that needed to be said and said back, just, it, it like went up in a cloud of vapor and they didn't exist anymore and like mm-hmm. nothing ever could be said ever again. And therefore, I no longer had to justify myself. I no longer had to explain how I felt. I no longer had to receive explanations that I didn't... It was like yeah. all of it was just like shut and it, it felt so good to mm-hmm. be able to say, this is over. And all my unresolved emotions about it will never ever get resolved and that's that's it. Like, I can yeah. just close the door on this. And it was so wonderful. It was like the most wonderful... I just, you know, I, I would recommend a shitty parent dying to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to leave it at that. Okay. Is that a good spot to yeah. end? Okay, see you guys next week. <laughs>